Welcome. Welcome to Conversations in Compassion, a podcast by Dignity Maine, a program of Agape, and made possible by the contributions to Agape. Thank you. This is a different podcast. Instead of interviews, we have conversations. This is my attempt to demonstrate examples of what I call compassionate conversation. Through these conversations, I hope to address the discord in our families, in our communities, and in ourselves. And finally, to focus on the greatest need of our time, the need for compassion. So when you listen to this uh, particular podcast, I I want to uh, point out uh, the duality that runs through it, uh, and that there is a, a beauty in noticing, as uh, was talked about, the, both the pain and the joy, and the reality of uh, the laughter, the the connectedness, and also the scar, and they're both beautiful. And uh, just to kind of see it as we talk about it on multi-levels, as we talk about Bob's personal, we talk about it in terms of the Earth Day and the Earth and the Mother Earth, and we talk about it in a theoretical. How do we, as a community, step into or lean into this violence of betrayal and create healing. So thank you. Thank you for doing this with me, Bob. And uh, I really wanted to talk to you about this word betrayal. Mm. And, uh, you know, when you think of it, what comes to mind for you? Well, first, I want to thank you for having this conversation. I really appreciate being here. Um, I mean, there's a number of things. I mean, for me, the word hits hard. Uh, for me, both personally and professionally, it's just such a prominent and common thing that's not talked about. Mm. And, you know, I've had the image of being in a group of people and asking them to have the courage to be honest and raise their hand if they've been betrayed or betrayed. And I really think if they were honest, almost every hand in the room would go up. Mm. And it's a particular form of woundedness that's just so common in our culture and in the human experience, but it's it's just really not talked about that much. And that's very sad given the level of trauma that's associated with it and the potential of the commonality to, to heal around it. Yeah. And it's, it has multiple levels to it. You can just hear it. You know, it's a betrayal by a community to a hold a group of immigrants. Uh, mm. It's a betrayal by uh, partnerships. It's a betrayal by mothers to children and fathers to children. And, and it's a betrayal by a host of institutions, mm. including for those who, Excuse the editorial comment, work in the alleged healthcare business of 
people at their most vulnerable, their most wounded, um, coming and expecting care and compassion and oftentimes getting far less than they should or oftentimes opposite of that even. And to have that level of betrayal is, I think, particularly particularly traumatic for people. It's a break in the empathy. Yes. Or an absence of the empathy, which is almost worse. Right. It's something moved you to really focus in on this, to, to stand in front of an audience and ask, what, what's moving you to do this? Well, again, it, it is a host of things, including that commonality, including my own experience of having betrayed and being betrayed and just seeing how disruptive and destabilizing that was in my own life and in relationships with people. And, and honestly, how much work it takes to recover from that uh, in terms of making amends and attending to the shame that I would have personally. And then to see that in the professional realm, I, you know, I primarily work in addiction, substance abuse, um, mental health world, but I've worked in emergency rooms and family practices. And, and I just, I, I almost despair at how much I probably missed it <laughs> through all these deca decades that, you know, that, I mean, I, I certainly had a consciousness that there was more to what people were coming in the door about that underneath their head pain and their neck pain and their abdominal discomfort, you know, there was a bigger story there, but it would be interesting to be able to rewind the tape and look at, huh, maybe there was beyond the trauma that I probably missed too much there, you know, maybe betrayal was a big part of it in that, that discordance that, that comes with being that destabilized was really revealing itself in these other ways. This, this discord, you know, the, uh, somebody coming through the door that yearns deeply mm -hmm. for some kind of care, some kind of, uh, empathy, some kind of s support and safety. And uh, there's a discord. Yes. Because my superpower and, the medical model is I go to the prescription pad mm. and I don't know that there's really been proven to be too many drugs that are effective for betrayal trauma, but it would require time and compassion and a sensitivity that, you know, I think is lacking. And when you, when you hear or see what you witness a lot is in, in your work in terms of the healthcare system, you see and feel this, it goes into your soul now. Yeah. And again, with tremendous credit and acknowledgement and, and, and gratitude to you, that whole, just that simplistic use of the term power over. Mm. It's amazing how often and distressing how often I see that now in terms of, I mean, not just in the healthcare field, but it's, it's shockingly evident there, but just in the world about how the amount of oppression and all those realms that you said earlier in terms of family and, uh, you know, immigrants and all the dynamics that we're facing in our, in our country and in our culture, 
Um, but it's almost, it's got that invisibility again of it's right there in front of us and we don't see it. And now my eyes have been opened and it's, it's like, it, it can't be seen. And, and that makes it both more distressing, but also more hopeful that it's seen and, and to be in relationship and conversation with other people who, you know, again, you have to help me with this data point you've shared, but yeah, I work in a psychiatric hospital and there are regularly, there regularly are what we call code grays when there's a behavioral emergency and the patient is acting out, the patient is acting out, you know, that's the language and they need to be controlled or managed or even restrained. And it's now easy to see that link to staff choices and lack of empathy and and that power over dynamic, which of course anybody would resist. <laughs> right. Right. And particularly people that have already been betrayed and betrayed and betrayed. Correct. Uh, and they're looking for it. They, they, they smell it. <laughs> well, and they're sensitive to it. And so when it happens by the staff, the staff are not aware or not even thinking of themselves as doing it. And then you get the activation um, by the person who's been betrayed again. Right. And the system re reinforces that not awareness because mm -hmm. really what's required is there are forms to fill out and there are protocols to follow and there are um, control to be taken. Mm -hmm. And now, again, it's I, I don't mean to be completely negative about it because some of the most impressive caregivers I've ever seen don't play that game. Mm -hmm. You know, they do lead with compassion. They do. I mean... I did a nonviolent workshop, you know, many times in my life. And, and, you know, initially that felt like, oh, this is going to be some sort of Zen martial art thing, but it was really about communication. Mm -hmm. But what was pointed out to me and my arrogance that, oh, I'm, I'm the Zenist guy here was that when someone would start to escalate, I actually was moving towards them more. Mm -hmm. Mm. which felt compassionate, but actually was insensitive and had a power over quality to it and was triggering them more and activating them more. So I have to really, you know, I'm a touchy feely kind of guy. And in that kind of instance, that's not the right choice. And I needed to be reminded gently and I still need to be reminded that's not the most effective approach. Right. And that moving towards them is moving into their space without their permission. And it activates and, and, and really activates this wonderful word that you brought that uh, betrayal, yeah. you know, that that you're going to betray me. And, and everybody and, does. And everybody <laughs> does. And uh, I felt it as a black man. I felt it as an immigrant. I felt it um, as a young child growing up in a trauma based family. Yeah. I just felt it all along. Yep. And now I expect, I watch for you to do it. Right. And I expect you to do it. Right. And. I do it. <laughs> and that, and that becomes the sort of story of a community that, and that leads us to this, you know, um, epidemics of incredible proportions of the opiate use and so on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because there are people walking around that just felt betrayed by our community. Uh, without question. I mean, it's undeniable that they have been. I mean, they're stigmatized as it is. They're 
ignored and negated and they don't have access to services. I mean, just countless stories of people who really want help, need help, are asking for help. And it's just never enough. You know, they're not getting to the appointment on time. They're not taking their medications right. There's something wrong with their urine test. Um, I mean, I remember working in a, a detox hospital and the practitioners, you know, they had a five minute limit if they were late. And I'm like, these people are getting on a bus with two children in a carriage to get here. And it takes them four times longer than it takes for you to drive here to work. And if you had to do this, you wouldn't be getting out of bed Mm -hmm. and they're trying and you're giving them a five minute limit Mm -hmm. or they're going to have to not get their Suboxone from Thursday till the next appointment and going to go through withdrawal and going to have to go out on the street. I mean, it's insanity. Mm -hmm. And it happened with methadone clinics across the country and so on and so forth. You better be there at 6 a.m. And if you're not there at 6 a.m., then you're not going to get it. I mean, boundaries are one thing, but oppressive, shaming, Mm -hmm. aggressive thing. It's just, it should be unacceptable. So automatically unacceptable. This... This word is so, you have to help me. This word is so beautifully said, betrayal. Mm. And it's so, you started out by saying it's not talked about. It's not used. It's not, it's like the word shame is not talked about. It's not used. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's just, we just don't want to talk about the betrayal of relationship when we use power over. Yeah. I mean, I think there is a, it's sort of, I guess what comes to mind initially, it's sort of like the issue of anger in our culture. I mean, from a Chinese medicine perspective, I think this philosophy is gorgeous. Anger is the energy that a seedling needs to push up through the soil to, it's a survival thing. But in our culture, you know, there's this binary thing of it's either good or bad and anger is bad. And anger's normal. I mean, it's it is a survival, self-protective th- thing. But I think, you know, it's easy to say, in an attempt to have maybe better boundaries, that betrayal is just it's always bad and always unacceptable. And if you do it, there's something wrong with you. And so again, that automatic. Um, again, I'm not saying that betrayal should be acceptable, but it is. It is a sin that we all commit, and we commit many uh, choices that might be less than optimal or harmful to others. But, you know, there is a place for forgiveness, or at least I hope. And so, again— And if there's a place for forgiveness, there has to be a place for betrayal. Yes, true. Which is the duality of the human experience. Yeah. And I'm very curious about this piece uh, that that you keep, you know— referring to as the sort of the demigodic, I don't know how to say the word, but you know, this kind of uh, it's right or wrong. Right. And the the kind of right and wrong creates a power over. And uh, you're, you're, you're talking about betrayal is some of it's natural. It's one, some of it is what you do because you're not paying attention or you end up reacting and taking away the power of somebody and, um, or maybe even a place of boundaries where somebody's interpretation is that they're being betrayed. Um, it's all of those things. 
And then there's a level in which it's toxic mm, mm. is also what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't come into this world having it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's taken me a while to get things that other people get pretty naturally. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, some things I got intuitively or otherwise, but some of it I got by really screwing up and making mm. terrible mistakes and hurting other people. But for me, the hope is that there's some room and grace for the fact that we're not perfect. You know, mm. that 12-step reference to progress, not perfection. And, and that mm. can we allow each other to make mistakes and do really hurtful, mean things, but make amends ask for forgiveness, true, true forgiveness, and really try really hard not to do it again. Um, but even then they're stumbling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a place in which it seems like if I betray you mm -hmm. and then betray you, there's a certain point where that starts to become a way in which you start to feel ashamed. That betrayal starts to, it's almost like there's a, some of it that's just natural. Mm -hmm. And then there's some of it that starts to become toxic to the soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, you hear people say once a cheater, always a cheater, mm -hmm. you know, and there is, you know, a behavior that continues to has that, impact. I mean, it does affect trust and it does have a toxicity to it. But I think part of my hope in continue into talking about these things more is that, that, that even that interpretation can start to shift. So in mm. my psychotherapy practice, I particularly work with sex addicts and part of my training is around this certified uh, partner tr um, trauma therapy and there's a whole protocol, which is really trying to move that conversation to some form of healing, which doesn't mean that the behavior is acceptable, the continued betrayal is acceptable, or that even the relationship will continue, but that that both parties look at their part in the, da the dance and the dynamic mm -hmm. and work with adequate support to work through what has occurred and the trauma that has occurred. Um, and in that case, some relationships end because they should or they need to. And some relationships actually heal it profoundly. It's really powerful to watch. Mm -hmm. But it, it takes a thoughtfulness and support and attention that a lot of people don't have the tolerance for. Mm -hmm. it, it's that uh, uh, attention to what's underneath, what's real, right? what's honest, uh, what's truthful. And they seem like... Mm, easy words to say and very difficult to do. It goes back to a vulnerability when you've been betrayed to, to realize that that is your opportunity to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And if you're the betrayer, then in a way it's your opportunity to be vulnerable. Absolutely. Yes. And that something motivates each other and, uh, and, and it could be an opportunity and it does real damage. It does real damage. 
and not to be denied, but I, I, you know, I mean, I just to go back to a medical image. I mean, I see people who have real damage done all the time, mm. literally have scars from it, mm. but there's healing there. Mm. That potential exists. And what just comes to mind, I just heard this earlier in a conversation was in the setting of having betrayed somebody. Don't even say you're sorry <laughs> because it's superficial, it's faulty, it's really what's underneath it is, I'm sorry, and can we make this go away? <laughs> and what was encouraged, again, compassionate conversation like is, I see where I didn't get it, mm. and I see where I'm still not getting it. Can mm. you help me see and understand how that has really affected you? To me, that's a powerful deepening of a conversation versus a superficial, I'm sorry, and I won't do it, ever do it again. Right. There's, uh, there's a way in which to start the process of forgiveness. And first is, I need to know from you. Tell me how that injured you. Right. And I need to listen to that with great compassion right. and understand and, and give you the space. And you're really, really trying to say, if you say, I'm sorry, you're trying to button it down. And you're not trying to use it as a vulnerability to air. Mm. Um, I know a little bit about you. I'm going to shift a little bit because <laughs> okay. today is Earth Day. Yes, yes, it is. And we've betrayed the Earth. We have. And you've spent a lot of time trying to do something about this, to, to think about climate change and yep. uh, and, and just the, how to tenderly take care of this beautiful thing called Mother Earth. Yeah. It's probably our greatest betrayal, actually. Yeah, which is ultimately a betrayal of ourselves. Again, I, I think the Earth will be just fine. Um, I think it can shake us off, uh, but... You know, I think of a conversation I had with a neurologist a number of years back, and we were talking about this, and I was encouraging us to buy uh, more environmentally friendly products for the office. And he says, Bob, I, I just, you know, I think that the nature compensates. And so to, to negate what I said, you know, I think the earth will be fine. My point was that, and I think the number is probably worse at that point, at this point, that because of mercury and other heavy metal contamination, like over well over 50% of loons don't have the neurologic function to mate anymore. They just don't have the hormonal and other activities to do that. And so I don't think that's the earth compensating. Right. Um, and that's the betrayal. Yeah. That's the betrayal that we're not thinking beyond ourselves or Correct. beyond our small community or of humans. Right. Or, we're not thinking about the loom. We're not, you know, we're not thinking about all of what we need to do so that we can all be here. Yeah. There's something missing there. Yeah. Yeah. With no disrespect to monkeys, uh, Tom Waits has said that uh, humans are just monkeys with guns and money. And, you know, that's really kind of our nature. There's a violence there to ourselves. There's a violence to nature. Uh, and it's that violence of betrayal, which is enormous. But, you know, the payback is still coming back at us uh, and, and really the most vulnerable. I mean, that was a lot of my work with the climate justice movement was, you know, the, the people who are the most vulnerable, the people who are the most oppressed, they're the front line, you know, including the indigenous people who 
don't have the capacity other than heart and actual soul, uh, but they, you know, they have financial and other limitations to be able to take this on. So, you know, those of us ha- who have privilege can be advocates and allies to that fight and standing beside, not leading, but honoring that, that they have a wisdom that we don't have. And again, for me, that relates to all these things we're talking about is that mm. we can't do this alone. Mm. Um, but the most vulnerable are particularly challenged to take it on. And those with the most power uh, need to figure out how to do power with uh, the most vulnerable. Yeah. And that way we will start to tend to the earth and we'll tend to each other and we could even possibly attend to the addictions and the ways in which people betray. Yeah. And there's, there's some words here that I really wanted to touch in. Good. Uh, and that was this, the violence of betrayal was the word you used. And I really, uh, I could feel, you know, when you talked about the looms or you talked about the, the injustice of the way we're treating things and the idea that it will adapt, but only so far. Mm, mm. There's still damage done. Yeah, no, there's no denying that, yes. And that, that is true with the humans who have been hurt and oppressed and traumatized. Is they can heal, and there's damage done. Yes. And so when you think of the word as we finish up of forgiveness, because yeah. somewhere along the line, Owning it is only one step. The next one is forgiveness, which is extending the vulnerability of our own heart. Mm. What would that look like for you? Well, to make it very personal, it looks like my relationship with my ex-wife, <laughs> who I betrayed. Mm. You know, and and we were childhood sweethearts. Mm. We uh, had an incredible relationship, playful and well-meaning and all that. And we both stumbled over our wounds together and it became very painful and damage was done. Um, but I, there has been a very intentional commitment on both our parts to heal and, and to forgive each other. But there's still, like you're saying, there's, there's clearly, there's a, there's a scarring there, which is really unfortunate. But I think on some level, part of the, the biggest part of the healing seems to be that we honor that scar. You know, we know that, that, I mean, we just actually talked the other day and it was like, it's the only way we could do it. It's the way we learned and we've been able to forgive each other and, you know, but there is loss and sadness around all of that. Um, But there's joy that we're still able to connect in a different way. Both the joy and the pain. Both. And they live together, become part of our humanness. I love the, you know, uh, the beauty of of healing and the honoring of the scar. Mm. Mm. Hey, I want to thank you for today. It's an incredible conversation. And I'm glad that you and I got a chance to at least maybe take this word and give it the kind of truth that it belongs to it, uh, betrayal. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity for the conversation that will continue. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's conversation. 
and I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you find your podcast. I'd like to give a heartfelt thanks to all the contributors to Agape Inc. for their support in making this podcast possible. If you care to join us, please go to DignityMaine.com to get involved. Thank you. Thank you again for being here. And take good care.